This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The world of work has changed dramatically and organizations are evolving. A full or part-time MBA from UCD Smurfett School equips managers to react at pace and deliver change. Now is the time to transform your career and gain a new business network. Join our virtual MBA experience day on Saturday, November 20th. Register at smurfettschoolie forward slash events. UCD Michael Smurfett Graduate Business School. Developing impactful business leaders. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast. I believe this is episode 113, give or take. Yeah, let's call it that. That's it. This Why is the not? first international edition of this yes. podcast of the 2018 Summer Tours. And what a game we have to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. I, I for one. What I'm a way barely, to kick it off. I barely come down from the utter unrivaled excitement that 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and Channel 4 provided us with on this weekend I mean god it's just it puts all of that fucking low quality domestic muck rubbish it really kicks that into a cocked act doesn't it isn't god it, isn't it good to see international rugby putting things like the challenge cup final in its place <laughs> yeah exactly uh, so uh, I am Lee Calvert I'm the editor of bloodandmud.com as you all know well. and and over there the ball of barely concede rage or apathy rage pathy about that game <laughs> apathy yes <laughs> is who are you then I'm Josh Gardner of RobyShirtWatch.com. I actually feel okay saying RobyShirtWatch.com this week because I've actually remembered to post some things on the website that I tend to run. Good man so, yeah. yeah. Anything good this week? Lots of new logos. Um, we'll talk about them later. Yes, we're branding everywhere. They've all, they're all going for it. Is it was it like a room? You, you know when that, like... Five, five teams this year, including uh, one international union, have rebranded in the last three months. It's fucking weird. Is like an ordinance come out that we haven't heard about? Because I didn't know the sugar <laughs> levy thing was coming in. That every time I went to a restaurant, there's no like full fat drinks anymore. I didn't know that was happening. Oh, I couldn't work it I'll out. Tell you what, Subway, me and you need to have words about this whole fucking game. Can you still get Lipton uh, iced tea in there? No, no, you can't because it's sugary. 
They stop selling all sugary drinks rather than charge you 20 pence more. I'll pay the fucking extra 20 pence. Don't make me eat that drink that shitty Pepsi Max stuff. I'm having a treat, all right? Yeah. Why else think I've come out for this special treat <laughs> to Subway? I'm having a salad box and everything. Um, I'm not. So uh, anyway, if you want yes. to get in touch and join in with our repartee about sugary drinks, you can get in yes. touch with the pod uh, at Blood and Mud. That's me. And I'm Lee at bloodandmud.com and numerous other things. What about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner, at RugbyShirtWatch, and RugbyShirtWatch.com. We're available on Acast, we're available on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on Patreon. Thank you oh, hello. to everybody who's been signing up. It goes up every week. And honestly, I know we keep saying it, but I really can't believe that you're giving us some of your hard-earned to support it's what we It's genuinely do. very exciting and very lovely. touching. And just so you know, those of you who are patrons, on Thursday <laughs> of this week, the 7th of June, we will be recording the next of the instalments of the Rugby History Podcast. Yes. Uh, so if you want to get your hands on that nice and fresh on Friday morning for your commute, then you need to get yourself signed up to be a patron. Indeed. Shall we move on with players? How do you do that? You go to patreon.com slash blood and mud. Blood and mud, I guess, or yeah. there's some links on our Twitter and all that kind of stuff. You sort, you sort of said that as if you were waiting for me to tell you how to get no, there. Uh, yeah. And I was just sitting there thinking, oh, to be honest, you ain't got a fucking clue. Yeah. Google so, blood and mud Patreon. Yeah, exactly. If you can spell Patreon, because it's a fucking twat of a thing to spell. Um, <laughs> shall we start with the player spotted, as we always, always do? Always, of course. Fraser Manson's got in touch. Who I feel might be cheating a bit when I read this. Oh dear. He says I took Matt Banahan and Beno Abano back to an after party in Edinburgh. So obviously Ooh. you're in some kind of PR role. So I'm not sure if your spotted counts, but anyway, we're going with it anyway. He said Beno was raging about his 12 month injury. And he's also unable to do shots of tequila. Does that mean he's not good at drinking it, or he literally is unable to do it because of his injury? Yeah, literally, because it was he damaged his bicep or something, didn't he? Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can't knock it back like he used to. He's going to have to get someone to do that for him. Matt Banahan got mistaken for a personal trainer by somebody. (laughs) Oh, dear. And he said that Benno is also a massive Roger Daltrey fan, and we bonded over the who. Now... He can't be a real Who fan because no real Who fans are actually Roger Daltrey fans. <laughs> he's the one that nobody real. likes, really. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he is the worst one. And he's like a ranked Tory and everything. Massively so. Awful stuff. Keep going deaf. That's what I say. I did say to Fraser, did you ask Benno what his favourite Who album was? That's a big test for me. It is. And he, and he said, no, I didn't ask because I quite pissed myself by then. I thought, fair enough. <laughs> But just so you well, know, course, if, you, if you do come across a Who fan, you say, what's your favourite Who album? If they say anything other than the 1973 double album Quadrophenia, then they're wrong and you shouldn't be friends with them anymore. Well, I mean, the truth of the actual best Who album is Live at Leeds, but that's yeah, not... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah. The, what, the deluxe version, the fully extended yes. one. I've, oh, yeah, got, yeah. I've got Live at Hull as well. That's a good one. That's the same off the same tour. <laughs> so it's less... I mean, even though it's Live at Leeds... It's the same set list, it's just in Hull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And even though Leeds isn't massively glamorous, alliteratively, it's just so it much It works worse. better. It does yeah, work yeah. better. When I'm playing my guitar and messing around, their version of Shaking All Over off Live at Leeds is the best thing ever to doss around to. Basically, yes. Yeah. Because you don't even have to play very well. You just make loads of noise. Well, no, and you, just whirl, and you whirl your arm around <laughs> like that. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Thank you very much. For, oh, no, we've also got this as well. Lewis Anderson got in touch on the Facebook oh, yeah. page. And he said, I saw WP Nell at the local Tesco, Tesco pizza counter with two very big pizzas under his arms. Fantastic. Keep, keep up with these. I like the ones in particular that remind us that props are still props. <laughs> yes. And he said, I've also seen Ross Ford filling his car up with fuel. 
No. Two very mediocre stories I know you will love, and we do love them. And if anybody else has got stories, yeah. spottings of players, then please send them in at Blood and Mud, or you can send it to Lee at bloodandmud.com, or in the DMs. Do you know what would have improved that Ross Ford story? Him not being Is, in it? Uh, yeah. Well, that that's, that's was been my dream for the Scotland team for the last 10 years, and we're finally there. So, you know. Um, no, I would have liked to know what kind of fuel he's putting in his car. That's Your diesel true. man? Is he a petrol man? Is he one of those people that puts the unnecessarily expensive fancy petrol in his car? Yeah, what's it called? Super unleaded or whatever. <laughs> yeah, oh, super high octane could have shit. Been a, he could have been an LPG man. Oh. Those people who, who have a hole <laughs> no, in their bonnet. No, yeah, no boots, but you know, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember LPG. Is oh. it still a thing, LPG? I'm guessing not. It cost it about seems... four grand to get it switched over, didn't it? They had no yeah. boot, but it did cost yeah. you like 20p a litre. So therefore... Yeah, they were like, oh, you know, in five years, you've basically paid it off. And it's like, well, in five years, the car's probably fucked, mate. So, you know. <laughs> and also, you haven't got a boot. Just so hey. you know, everybody, my Fiat Punto is fixed now. Oh, thank God for that. 13 years old, the Italian mayhem will continue. Brilliant. I, I... My Fiat actually was broken last weekend, and I fixed it as well. So, you know. I also found out that Punto is Italian for full stop. Is it really? Oh, there's a brilliant name. Well, it means like point or period or full stop. So it means like the, the point of a of a pin, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Else, but it I've also got... means full stop. So I mean, like, that is hilariously shit branding. Full, full stop. Yeah. Like, like Antonio I've... Banderas means Tony Flags and sounds crap in English. <laughs> Anything like that, you think it sounds great in yeah. Italian. But yeah, Fiat full yeah. stop. I've owned, a, I've owned a Fiat Punto since 2004 and I didn't know that. So, I mean... Every day is a school day, Good let's mind. face it. Yes. So there you go. Shall we, before we start, decide who we're going to sit next to to tell, Are we? you know, to continue this brilliant Fiat Punto chat? <laughs> Red hot Punto chat, yes. <laughs> Nuclear um, Punto chat. So we're going to ask again who's down the clubhouse. Ooh, We've got indeed. a few people we can choose to sit next to. So do you want to yes. give me some I'll, I'll options? Go, I'll go first. Well, here's your first option this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're going to like him. He's the, His name's Thelonious Conch. <laughs> and uh, done I'm sitting next to him I, I'm very pleased with that um, <laughs> nobody knows where he came from some say he's from the deep south some say he's from Gravesend either way he was an absolute revelation at fullback when he turned up to second team training one misty night five years ago he's got a lethal sidestep he's got pace to burn he'd be, in a sh- he'd be an absolute shoe in for the first team to be honest with you but there's one crippling thing mm. he suffers from unophobia What's that? That is the fear of the number one. (laughs) (laughs) So not only does that mean that he's physically incapable of passing to or indeed running near any of his teammates that have got a number one on their shirt, but it also means he flat out refuses to tackle anyone on the opposition team that's wearing the numbers 10 to 15, which does make him a bit of a defensive liability. liability. Yeah. 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 So scared is he, in fact, that he has to put on his jersey in the dark so he doesn't catch sight of the number 15 on his back. And if he does, even for a second in the mirror, then he'll instantly strip himself naked and spend the entire game sitting naked in a cold shower, crying like Eva Green in Casino Royale, but much less attractive. Um, Unless damaged. He does, or not, maybe has damaged. Who knows? Well, who knows? But, I mean, he does try to make light this of com- it. where this comes from? Well, exactly. But he does try to make light of it because uh, he insists on buying the second round for everyone in the bar after the game, but he, and he only ever drinks two pints at once, which he says is a thing but might just be... You know, covering up massive alcoholism. So I like him. Hey, yeah, he's got a. I, I like, he's got a brand. Yeah, 
you could also have some fun by maybe like you know putting a big number one on the screen of your phone and waving it at him. Yeah, exactly. You I mean, know, he's, loads he's, of fun. So that's Thelonious Conch. All right. That's Thelonious Conch. Yeah, you're not going to forget that name in a hurry, are you? Uh, and then and the other the other option for you today is uh, Roxy Stableflower. Now. Right. Uh, now, the hard-tackling inside centre of the women's second team would run through a brick wall for her teammates on the pitch, but she's a bit of an enigma off it. Mm. She never hangs around for more than 15 minutes in the bar after the game. Yes. She's never shared a single piece of personal information with anyone at the club, and she instantly disappears the second that anyone attempts to engage her in small talk. I mean, some insist that this enigmatic nature must be because she's got an exotic, top-secret international woman of mystery job. But uh, the reality is that she just, and this is in her own words, she fucking absolutely hates every one of those pricks and every second I spend in their company <laughs> off the pitch is worse than fucking childbirth. So yeah, there's Roxy Stableflower. Well, the thing is, I probably won't be able to sit next to Roxy Stableflower because she's already be left. In. So it That's looks like it's... You've got 15 minutes max with her and then she's gone. Yeah, see, there's something appealing about that. But now I'm going to go for Thelonious Conch, I think. I don't blame you. I mean, he's, he's an interesting character, if nothing else. So, Josh, let's see who you can sit next to this week. Yes. First of all, we've got Jane Hockbell Chad. <laughs> she's, tw- she's 27. Yeah. She's one of the club physios at Radley upon Avon upon Harlow upon Hoxingen RFC. Yep. She's a genuinely, genuinely lovely person. Okay. But Good. after the third drink, she gets very intense and uses an anterior cruciate lig- ligament injury as an allegory of her broken relationship with her father, who never forgave her for not getting into medical school and becoming a physio instead. And that's why she goes from one failed relationship with a bastard to the next (laughs) bastard. However, (laughs) the chances are you could be that next bastard. (laughs) Well, I mean, I do fulfil one of the criteria already (laughs) by being a bastard. So So that's Jane Hockbell Chad. Hold your thought there. like her. Next, you've got a choice. You can have Paul Witch Tits. <laughs> Already I'm on board. Yeah, he's 32. Continue. He plays blindside for the second team at Old Belendians RFC. Mm. He has a subscription to Witch Magazine, the paper version. So you'll like him already. He's, he's forking wow. out I mean, the old paper. I mean, I do like somebody who supports magazines. Yeah, and he brings, he brings it to the club every week and tells everybody things like the best USB cable to buy and what's the best you know, washing machine and stuff. So he's quite a boring man, really, apart from the fact that he says, look at the tits on that about every single woman that walks past is on the telly, or he sometimes randomly says it when he's just talking about other stuff because he's clearly just thought about a woman. Wow. So that's Paul Witch Tits. I mean, I was right on board with him. Like, I mean, I liked the thought of... of... A bit of mundane well, chat about yeah, consumer chat, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love mundane chat about consumer products. I mean... I was just watching the Apple Worldwide Developer Con thing. And that's how much of a boring consumer electronics. <laughs> I don't even know I what that is. So that's no, it. exactly. <laughs> However, I mean, I don't want to be tarred with his lechiness. Yeah, he'd be pretty rough, you know, wouldn't he? It's, no, so I think, I mean, as much as I, I'm slightly intimidated by, uh, what's her face? Jane Hockbell Chad. Jane Hockbell Chad. I, I, I mean, it's going to have to be. I mean, She's a generally prob- lovely girl. She just... Yeah, I mean, I'll probably sort of... I'll, I'll say I'm going to the bar to get her a pint and I'll get her a shandy, you know? To try and stave off and the Try and stave off chat. the, the three-point dad chat nightmare, yeah. But we'll okay. see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll keep you informed. So there you go, then. Jane Hotbell Chad and Thelonious Conch. Thelonious Conch. <laughs> so while we're sat next to them, let's talk some news. I know that Jane will be well up for it. 
Yes, she loves this shit. Uh, the Heineken Cup's back, kind of. Before we get into proper news, yeah. remember last week we chatted about and wondering where John Spencer came from? Yeah. <laughs> Osprey. And, he, uh, uh, and now we can't stop seeing him. Yes, he's everywhere. I mean, you know, well, anyway, a listener writes in anonymously mm-hmm. and says, mm. John Spencer is the president of Wharfdale Rugby in Yorkshire. And he went from that to the Lions, which is not much of a step up, obviously. No. He said, if you mention it next week, please don't mention my name as I play for Wharfdale and don't want to be picked out at the training ground. <laughs> <laughs> Done. You, yeah. sir. <laughs> you have been telling podcasts about my name. What I do with my you swine. time. <laughs> about my trips to Twickenham. To watch. <laughs> anyway, yeah, oh, you, you were saying about the Heineken Cup. Cup. Go on. Yeah, the Heineken Cup's kind of back, sort of. Could they not have just fucking called it the Heineken Cup again instead of calling it the Heineken Champions Cup? Because the Heineken Champions Cup sounds like a trophy you win for a drinking competition in the <laughs> Netherlands. <laughs> it does sound but, like that. The Heineken Champions Cup, yeah. They're really, the they're really completely champ- fixed on this Champions Cup thing, aren't they? They, they really will not are. be shipped. They don't realise how they shit They are clamped like. on. Yeah, <laughs> like David Pocock, they will not be shifted. <laughs> oh, don't even mention his name in my presence. Oh, David. <laughs> Why did it all go wrong? So that's uh, back. Anyway, though, yes, now we've got the Heineken Cup back. Can we also re- see them return to using one of my all-time favourite rugby balls, the Adidas Torpedo? Yes. Oh, I don't think I, I love, quite remember the Adidas I love that. Torpedo. That was the old Heineken Cup ball, which was slightly pointier than the uh, the right. regular Gilbert ball and a bit rounder. I always used to like it for no reason other looking. than... That's a rugby league little bit, ball, little right? bit. Yeah, it was a sort of flatter and pointier. I enjoyed it. I've got one of those in my garage somewhere. Yeah, bring back the Adidas torpedo, and also the Parker Pen Shield. As we've while we're fucking at it, can you still get Parker pens? I don't know. Nobody uses fucking pens anymore. Do they? Spent the day looking at. I won't buy pens because I, this is not a joke. I went to Wilkinson the other week and I bought eight pens. <laughs> Less than twenty days ago, I now have one <laughs> pen. It's the same reason I won't buy expensive sunglasses because I know yeah. I will lose them within 14 days. See, I gave myself, I was exactly the same and I basically told myself that if I didn't buy, lose a pair of sunglasses for two years, then I could buy myself some expensive sunglasses as like a it? reward. I did, yeah. Still got them? I haven't lost them. I'm, 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 yeah, I don't know how it's happened. The I only way that I could three have... Three pairs a year. The only way I could have cool sunglasses is if I bought one of those chains to wear them on, which would instantly <laughs> render them uncool. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's something of the sort of 1970s sex pest about having your sunglasses on a chain, isn't there? Yeah, and if there's and the way I look, if I had like big sunglasses with with a chain around the neck, I'd look exactly like um, the Jewish character in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to get partic- a particularly Ruben, that's it, Ruben, yeah, that's his you'd, name. You'd have to get a sort of slightly like like beige tinted. Wayfarer, I think. Yeah, to, massive. To read. Although, yeah, when I'm at ones. 60, that is exactly the look I am going to go for. Oh, absolutely. I would lean hard into that. <laughs> absolutely so. Right then, what else have we got then? Um, oh, so this weekend then, who was it who won the Pro 14? You mean the top Not the Pro 14. 14, the top 14. <laughs> Sorry. Who yeah, won the top who 14 did, this weekend? Who did win the top 14 this weekend? To let you know, no, Listen to this bit. No, 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 no. 
That's, the only thing just... worse than cast is falsetto cast. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing worse than cast, right, is if cast continue their run of, of success <laughs> and they sign either uh, the Portuguese, French-Portuguese prop Gomez Sar or Juan Gomez, the Argentinian rugby player, and then we have both cast and Gomez. Oh, and Gomez, the, yeah. Yeah. I prefer the Gomez only... to cast, it must be said. I think... There are no right answers if you've got... I mean, <laughs> if you've got to choose between the two... I don't, I don't I, trivialise Sophie's choice, but I do feel... Yeah, that. it's Sophie's choice when you don't like any of your kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's I'm So Lonely from their second album, Mother Nature Calls, which has that beautiful run-up to falsetto in the bridge. That's or is it the fantastic. chorus? It's, I mean, oh, the sheer bad. brass neck of doing that when... <laughs> You blatantly bad, can't sing. You're as bad a singer as he is. Fucking hell. I mean, that, that takes some gumption, that does. Yeah, so well done to, so, yeah. well done to well that done band. To cast. I mean, that so band genuinely, that like cast, uh, not, it's not, no team in France is poor, don't get me wrong, but cast have won the top 14 despite have, not having a fucking billionaire money tree to shake every five minutes to. Give them a new international player. You know, it's the it's a relative. Did and didn't win. Yeah, that's the thing. Montpellier have got fucking infinite money, and they once again somehow managed to fuck that up. I don't entirely know how, but you look at you know the current cast squad, and you know there's not that many like foreign imports in there at all, really. It's 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 you know homegrown brilliance like Scott Spedding. And... <laughs> we can't play for France anymore. Yeah, despite having Rory... sixteen yeah. something caps, amazing. Yeah. It's and amazing that some and... strange xenophobic laws rendered him unable to play, rather than yeah. his inability to play very well in an international of, yeah. play. Yeah, it, uh, the occasional baffling massive run <laughs> through the entire defence that he used to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, good for good for all of them, uh, except for Rory Cockett because he always seemed like a bit of a prick, to be honest. Popeye, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, good for them. What else have we got? What are the news? Um, Eddie versus Bruce, Eddie Jones versus Bruce Craig. Oh fucking hell! Talk about like again in like a reverse Shofi's choice. <laughs> like, who do you if, want to win this fight? <laughs> yeah, can they just both knock each other out? In exactly the same time, like the end of Rocky Two, but none of them get up. Exactly like the exactly like the end of Rocky Two. Yeah, yeah. But to be fair to Eddie Jones, though, he does have some. He did have a cracking line here. Bruce Craig sounds like the Donald Trump of rugby, and he has the same hairstyle. I mean, it's a good line. The thing is, they both be like they both have a point. They do both have a point. But they both. But they're both being incredibly juvenile and truculent about it for no real reason. They might as well just basically get. The cocks out and wave them at each other. Massively so. It's like Eddie can do what he wants and train who he wants and train how he wants. But you should also do well to remember that Bath and all the clubs in the Premiership are paying these guys wages and invested bags of money in developing them too. But like, it was fucking stupid, isn't it? Like Bruce Craig saying he's going to not let his players represent England. Yeah, sure, mate. That's going to work. See how many players he signed then. Yes. Equally, though, Eddie's saying, oh, it's not my job to speak to the club owners. He might be technically correct. It's not my job but not to it's, fire it's the player. Someone, yeah, it's someone's job. 
it's someone's <laughs> job to speak to the fucking clubs on behalf of the RFU, and he's just basically ruined that guy's fucking week, if not month. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's not my job not to fire players out of a cannon at training and don't get injured. <laughs> what do you expect me to do? It's political correctness gone mad. Well, that's the other thing. It's like it's bad to be so flippant. It's not a great look to be like so dismissive of player welfare complaints. Even though, let's be honest, they're not player welfare complaints. They are my return on investment complaints as far as Bruce Craig goes. I think they yeah. are both the same thing in they're this both, situation, yeah. to be honest. You can yeah. see. And yeah, and you know, people. D- I mean, the thing is, people draw conclusions, don't they? It could have just mm. been a bad cluster run of injuries in training that's happened this year, and it might yeah. never happen again. And so you, we don't know, do we? So, but I think no. you just again it, it, that, that there is that sort of tissue thin paper thing <laughs> holding together the game in England between the RFU and Mad the clubs. That just gets exposed every single time something like I know, this happens. I know. It's like I know being a fucking Norse is like Eddie's shtick, but like promoting like how. Can we set not have to set our watch by provoking a war with the clubs a year out from the World <laughs> Cup if you're in? Like it's just it's just being a bit of a liability on both parts. They're both they're both right, they're both wrong, and they both need to grow up. Done. End of conversation. What yeah. else have we got news wise? Kevin Van Valkenburg from ESPN says that rugby is rubbish, having seen one college game. Yes. Did he say uh, this? It doesn't even even doesn't even sound like uh you know, that he saw like enough of a haircut. I don't know how long it takes that. He was having his haircut, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about it. I don't know about him. It takes me about half hour to get my haircut. Yeah, so well, he's Max. seen. Anything half, after 20 minutes, I'm, lo- I'm losing my shit, getting moody. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That last 15 minutes, I am fuming the whole time. But, you know, yeah, it's just. It's just so fucking. So then that, that, that became. People a... hate about American sports people really isn't it it's like that sort of lazy ignorant superiority thing that's just uh... yeah then he, everyone went mentally but no i was only joking it's, yeah bullshit is, mate yeah rubbish yeah and then it's then uh, one of our listeners kind of copies in saying ah yeah but what about it though could players come across then you pulled out something you wrote a while ago where you've actually covered this very yes. subject well, being the, the, Ameri- is, the american of file is that the right word that well the thing is, yeah i i can have a sort of very very limited <laughs> thing of this being that to very poor standards and for minimal periods of time i have played both sports <laughs> and you know it's it's a fucking totally different ball game because quite literally Quite literally, a different ball game. Cause like conditioning, all that sort of shit. You don't have to play for eighty minutes if you're JJ Watt or if you're, you know, and if you're Zeke a lineman in American football, you don't even touch the ball for your whole career. <clears throat> well, yeah, no, I never. I played American football. I never touched the ball in my entire life. I was on the lines. It's fine. But um, yeah, you know, they they're designed to go fast and hard for twelve. You know, at most ten or fifteen seconds, and then stop. Whereas. Yeah. That's not how rugby works. And it was just, it was so ignorant and so stupid. But yes, I did have a little go a, a year or so ago at, uh, at picking some American sports stars to uh, come and play our sport. And some of them were probably good ideas and some of them were probably bad. Interestingly, but, uh, um, I've mentioned this before. There's a, there was a, an Irish, you can get them on YouTube, <clears> an Irish documentary called The Toughest Trade. Oh, I love that shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, have you seen the one where ex Miami Dolphins wide receiver Roberto Wallace? I haven't seen that. Comes one, no. over and plays um, football for Mayo, 
All right. Plays GAA for Mayo, and somebody from <clears> Mayo <throat> goes over and has a bit of a combine session in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. And this Roberto comes over, and he's this big six foot two. Ob- he's just retired, I think, and he's an obscene mm. athlete. He's like 32, 33, just finished. Obscene yeah. athlete. And basically, he has about three training sessions, and the coach of the club just goes, if he stayed here for another six months, he'd be playing for Mayo. <laughs> because basically, just said his skill set, his athleticism was absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Basically, yeah, another level. But it's it's conditioning and being able to do all of that stuff. You know, yeah. it's kind of like there's certain positions that will cross over. Like he, him saying that JJ Watt, who's a defensive tackle for people who don't know, like JJ Watt could not play. Yeah, incredible athlete that it is. JJ Watt could not that's play. That's a rugby. lineman, isn't it? A defensive tackle. <clears throat> yeah, he's a he's an incredible athlete. Genuinely, one of the best athletes I've Why ever are the seen. The lineman's always like just big fat people. Sometimes he can jump. Uh, I've seen JJ Watt, who is like six foot six and about three hundred and some pounds. Um, I've seen him jump onto a box a box that was like taller than him from a standing right. start, which so, is yeah. which is some next level shit. Yes, indeed. But yeah, just like it's not gonna, it's they're they're fucking different sports. They require different kind. Like the reason that rugby players are not as fast or as strong or as quick is that they've got to run around. They've got to carry all that shit around. If they if they had to fucking like only if you had rolling subs tomorrow in rugby, then all of a sudden players would probably start becoming that sort of ridiculously specialised run around for five minutes and then go and have a breather kind of athlete which is kind of why I don't want that to happen because mm. it would probably ruin the whole game of all shapes and sizes thing, which is basically fucking dying on its arse anyway. So, mm. Yeah, so there you go. So, <clears throat> yeah, doing nothing for international... doing. Yeah. Still didn't manage to ruin international rugby relations as much as the actual game did on Saturday. Which we'll, well, no. I, mean, I kind of was... When I started reading that tweet, I was kind of expecting him to be saying, and they made me watch this fucking terrible <laughs> yes, Wales game. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> And I would have gone, yeah, fair enough, mate. You've got absolutely fair point there. Before we move on, there was the Joel and Sam Tompkins video. Have you seen that this oh, weekend? Hell. They were just an absolute pissed up disgrace and being absolutely <laughs> horrible to women in bars. Yeah. The foot and it's absolutely come out Wigan have come out and basically I think um <laughs> Joel Tompkins was on his way out anyway, but uh, they've come out and they've banned him for a month and given him a ten thousand pound fine. What it's not funny, right? It's horrible. And no, they're being really is, horrible. They are fucking being horrible. But there is one point where Joel Tompkins says, this is the worst pub in Wigan. And the, the, the senior barmaid woman goes, we're not in Wigan, we're in Standish. <laughs> now, if you know anything that, about Wigan... I was going to say, is that a different thing? <laughs> Standish is quite a leafy place about a mile or two away from Wigan. So obviously, they, <laughs> even though in the, in the middle of all that horribleness... She yeah. still wanted to make actually, the point. They're actually, actually pal. This, this is this is, this is standard. Actually, this is what church. Well, I've seen actually now. He's been banned for a month. Mm. He's going to get fined ten grand. Mm. Things aren't looking good for England a year out from the World Cup. He play. He could. He plays centre, stroke second row. Plays second row. He's got an international I mean, cap as well. Don't forget. Yeah. So he's not coming in cold. No. And um, well. <laughs> You know, you're getting yeah. cheap now, but a bit of midfield leadership. Yeah, it, what, what's the worst that could happen? It's not like England have got any kind of history of bad behaviour no. when alcohol's involved on tour at all either. But so, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm laughing because of the standish thing, cause, but the actual whole thing, <clears throat> yeah. it was oh, awful. And the, horrible. Being that woman really behind the bar must have been awful. 
Yeah, and to be fair, like banning him for a month and fining him ten grand, he's quite lucky to still be employed after that. Well, I think really. to be honest, what they've said is they won't. They're investigating. He's banned for a month because they're investigating, and they won't oh. until the investigation's done. So I don't oh. think he's going to play for them oh, again. Yes. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. There's rumours that he's uh. off, that he might end up in Perpignan. Everyone, literally everyone because is joining Perpignan. He's going, he's going to France where all the swines <laughs> find a home, it would seem, this year. So. Literally, I have not, I can't look at the entirely nonsense rugby gossip column thing without at least seven players, four of whom I hate, being linked with Perpignan <laughs> every day. It's just mad. It's like, I know they're back in a big time now after four years of slumming it, but... You've got to like, love an orange and yellow kit, a red and yellow it's kit. It's a beautiful kit, so don't sully that kit with a parade of arseholes. That's what I say. Right, we've avoided it for long enough. Oh, International it's... rugby debuts in Washington, D.C. and on Channel oh, 4. Yes. And on oh, a Saturday yes. night. It's a double whammy <laughs> of wonderfulness. Yes. Or not. Yes. I, if One of the things that I learned from this weekend is that while I do not object to Wales and South Africa playing in money, uh, playing in America for money. That's fine. Hmm. 950k, whatever. Thank you very much. Yeah, live in the now. That's, yeah. yeah. I'm not really sure that fucking shambles should have been capped. Honestly. <laughs> like, I'm happy Wales have beaten South Africa for the fourth time ever or whatever, but fuck me, that wasn't a proper Springbok team. That wasn't a proper Wales team. They were so ridiculously experimental and depleted and shite. I'm not sure it does a, like... Gwyn Jones banging on about the integrity of Test Rugby. I didn't agree with him there, but he's got a fucking point when it's that bad. There's no excuse for it to be that bad, though. Scratch team no. or not. No, well, for a nation that's famous for, well, fucking rain, our wet weather handling skills are not exactly tip-top. You've got to, I mean, love, you've got to South... love fucking endless box kicks on Saturday night, don't you? That's what people tune in for. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I stayed up for. I mean, I felt like I, I would never... loads of box me. kicks, the child said, as his dad took him to his first rugby game. <laughs> Daddy, will they do a box kick today? <laughs> they'll do lots of box lucky, kicks. If you're son. lucky, son, maybe they'll do two. Maybe they'll do 20 in the first 15 minutes. And then maybe minutes. they'll knock it on afterwards. <laughs> maybe you'll never see the ball go beyond the fucking 12. <laughs> oh. Oh. I genuinely thought I'd never see a move go beyond three phases in that first half. It was fucking excruciating. <laughs> and I know it was humid as fuck and raining, which is a bad combination. But it, did, it, it did prove more than anything, though, that basically Adley Parks makes everything about 2,000% oh, better. Yeah, he's never allowed to not. Like, <laughs> I know I'm going to have sort of fever dreams. You know how some people have fever dreams of, like, you know, oh, waking up, you know, they've gone into school and they've got no clothes on or they've turned up for an exam and they don't know any of this. I, my, my nightmare now is Wales rock up to the World Cup without fucking Adley Parks at 12. How old will he be come the World Cup? 34? Like no, he's not that old. He's, he he's only 29, maybe 30 now, I think. I was yeah, he's young. older than they are. Remember the Topsy Ojo you, scandal? Oh, but I thought he was no. about 50. He's never he was gonna, actually 30. He's never going to let us down that. <laughs> yeah, he's 30, he's 30 now, so he'll be 31 at the World Cup. Oh, yeah, that's fine then. Well, I mean, even if he was been... 34, that wouldn't be a problem. I was just asking out of uh, curiosity. No, yeah. I mean, it means we still could get three years out of him, which is, you know, maybe even please four. Please, God, please, can we get three, please four, can years we get three four years out of him? Because, yeah. And it, just get Owen cover... Watkins to watch everything that he does. Yes. You you literally, you follow this man, or we're going to handcuff you to him. <laughs> you yes. you eat when he eats, you shit when he shits. <laughs> no, not in the B-Day. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, no. One of the things, though, fucking hell, Matthew Carley needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> like, he's, he's... That, that game wasn't going to be a classic anyway, but in those conditions, did he have to be so fucking pedantic at scrum time? I can't make me mad about Matt Carley. I think he's got... Well, obviously, he's an international ref, so obviously he's got some promise. I think... Yeah. It, just, it could go one way or the other with him, I think. I don't know... He just became so like I know the rules are the rules, but scrum is supposed to be a means of restarting the game, and it became very clear after about fifteen minutes that either due to the conditions or due to just sheer shitness, neither side was going to do what he wanted. Even so, the, why didn't even the tries were fucking appalling, weren't they? Oh, Everything they were. about it was appalling. Yeah, it was just a, it was a shambles. It's a win though, but like. Yeah, a win's a win, isn't a win. it? <laughs> a win is a win, but it was just such a shambles. I couldn't enjoy a millisecond of it. I hated it. I just wanted it to end. I was glad when the picture cut out. It was delightful. <laughs> I, you know, usually my sort of routine with Wales games is, you know, fag before the anthems, sit down, <laughs> sort of sit on my lean forward for 40 minutes, sort of slightly grinding my teeth and slightly sort of drumming my feet or my fingers and sheer nervous tension, then fag at half time, repeat, fag at full time, maybe a little drink. Whereas I was just like sat there in just the sort of weird semi-comatose state where I honestly was just like, well, I'll go and get a drink now then. I'm not going to miss anything. Is it a drink of skinny lager though? It was a drink of skinny lager, actually, yeah, because you know. It's I know you get a bit. You get a bit of bants on a bit of bants on Twitter about that, about you know, oh, yeah. about oh, fucking yeah. stuff. I'm, about I, am a, I'm, I am on the the Paul Williams gravy train now. We have and to I just never... say we've not been paid for this. No, we really have. They've just sent Josh some free skinny lager, and you were pleasantly food. surprised by the fact I that was it was pleasantly good. surprised. Which I I imagine they haven't retweeted me yet because I did slightly damn them with faint praise, <laughs> but genuinely, like. Nobody's expecting this to taste like craft lager. It's good. It's fine. End of. I just need to find some non-alcoholic type thing to people to send shit to me. What can? Yeah. Well, well, you know. Brew I've also got a beer, good. so razors are no fucking good. So no, basically, same. I, so I have another. We've now exhausted. Two thousand and eight. We've now all exhausted of them. All every of them. single yeah. advertising opportunity. <laughs> Not the weekend yeah, because well, we want patrons. Yeah. Fuck advertisers. Only kidding. Advertisers, please, please <laughs> advertisers. <laughs> Um, so yeah, did, I mean, did, did, is there any, anything you take away from that Wales game that makes you, you know? Well, I take that Wales' strength in depth is clearly better than it was because if you'd sent a sort of third or fourth choice experimental Wales team against even a terrible Springbok team a couple of years ago, they probably would have still got dicked. But now uh, we managed to jamily eke out a win in a game that should never have even been close. And, you know, we won. It wasn't as bad. Like, there are still massive issues in key positions. Fucking hell, they're gossamer thin on the tight head side of the scrum. The wingers are not good enough. And I don't, yeah, and obviously I don't want to even think about what happens if Hadley Parts gets injured. (laughs) One thing that I did take away from it, though, is that all of the talk about, you know, Channel 4 and all that sort of stuff and how terrible it was. And it was terrible. Like, the camera angles were the work of people who'd never seen a rugby game before, let alone I filmed just one. I couldn't believe all the fast cutting that kept going on. Yeah. Why did they keep I, fast cutting? Like... It was impossible. <laughs> the best part what? The best part of the lot was when, after uh, 
conversion of Wales's second try where the cameraman just lingered on the touch judge running from behind the posts <laughs> all the way up to where he and followed him the entire way. And then fast cut to the wide shot. It was like watching an episode of Spaced. Yeah, it was bizarre. And I mean, that wasn't their fault, though. There wasn't. No, obviously, that was the, that was the. the I mean, uh, some you have thing, the same with France and the Six Nations, don't you? The ridiculous, yeah, they have some slow motion shots things. and all that. Yeah, but at least they've seen a rugby game before, so they know that a wide angle is quite actually useful to see what's happening. Like people like Paul, who do proper jobs, who actually have to like analyze this shit. I don't know how the hell you would have analysed that because the camera angles are so tight you couldn't actually see anything that was going on in terms of the patterns that Wales were running. Like, if you can tell me what Wales were doing attacking-wise when they occasionally didn't knock the ball on, I can got a fucking clue because stuff happened. And I think they know more about it than you think. They actually just went, there's no point showing them that. Just stay, just stay zoomed yeah, in. They, they won't want to seen, fucking see that. They've all me. seen this before. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so Wales yeah. versus that. I mean, the thing is, these games are going to continue. There were 20,000 people there. Yeah. Which I don't think that's, that, I don't know what their target would have been, but I don't think that's quite, that's very, they need that's all right, 20, I think. They need to sell 26 to break even, oh, apparently. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah. But they basically, the company that was doing the game basically nearly went bankrupt about two months ago. So they didn't have any money to fucking. Apparently, right. World Rugby had to come in and bail them out to make sure that the game even happened. See, the thing is, I don't think... How many people <clears throat> get into a new sport when they're adults? Oh, massively so, yeah. Hardly. Well, uh, who does? I mean, the only thing I think of is, is UFC. A load of grown-ups who went boxing turns of shit a bit started watching UFC, and that basically that's took true, off. That's true, actually, And that's yeah. kind of maybe the exception that proves the rule, that people just don't really watch new sports once they've... Want, they no, form an idea of what sports they like by the time they're about 14, 15 years old. And that's the end of it. Yeah. And so they, and this it, untapped market I find interesting. It's out of the, they want to give the people who already play rugby in America and the colleges and stuff something to watch and something to get excited yeah. about. And maybe I suppose uh, that's big enough. to bring their that's friends enough, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> bring you Hunter that, with you. You looked at that crowd, what little crowd it was when they could actually manage to pick them out amongst the scores of fucking empty bleachers in the Washington Stadium. It was mainly expats, let's be honest. Mm. It was primarily South African and with a smattering of Welsh expats. And, I mean, fair enough. It's, it's really good for them. If I was living in America and Wales were playing, I'd be fucking loving it. Oh, I, wish but, I, I wish I'd living in America by James Brown teared up there just to play it because yeah, you just said it. Great. <clears throat> I wish I, station, station. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was living in America, to be honest. I mean, not in Washington. We all do in a way, don't we? Yeah, I am a bit of an Ameri-ophile, if that's a <laughs> word. It probably isn't, It is now. I like American things, as uh, Alan Partridge once said. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, job done. On to Argentina, which is going to be significantly harder for Wales, and England, which is going to be a hell of a lot harder for South Africa. <laughs> Um, Although the South African team was a scratch team as well, wasn't it? So it's not. Yeah, like... they were both. It was an it was an entirely pointless game to try and take anything away from, really, because neither team will look anything like that next week. It's just, yeah, it's just very. It was it was job done. Both both unions are pretty cash strapped. Both unions got their payday. Yeah, it job is done. what it is. Yeah. Shall we talk about, there's some games coming up next weekend, isn't there? As the internationals start proper. And can I just say yeah. that next week end, next Saturday, 
You could mm. get up at 6.40 a.m. I could. And you, you could. And you could basically sit in front of your television or computer mm. and watch a rugby game until the last one finishes around about half past 10 at night. The world of work has changed dramatically and organisations are evolving. A full or part-time MBA from UCD Smurfett School equips managers to react at pace and deliver change. Now is the time to transform your career and gain a new business network. Join our virtual MBA Experience Day on Saturday, November 20th. Register at smurfettschoolie forward slash events. UCD Michael Smurfett Graduate Business School. Developing impactful business leaders. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. I mean, that does sound fucking... Oh, look, that was the one... That was the one thing, as weird as it was about watching rugby starting at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. Yeah. It was quite nice. In well, a it's a match of the day thing, isn't it? And it, was, it was like match of the day, but live. And, and rugby. It was, <laughs> and, it, and rugby. You know what? I've made a also... terrible mistake. Oh, what? You can actually watch rugby until 4 o'clock the following morning. Hello. Because Canada Scotland kicks off at 2 a.m. in oh, the Sunday. Jesus. Yeah. So you, so you could basically... literally do twenty-two hours, <laughs> roughly, twenty hours of rugby. With a few, yeah. you could have a you could have a nap, basically in between Wales and Argentina finishing mm-hmm. for an hour or two, and then yeah. get up and watch Canada Scotland because who wouldn't want to do that? Oh, no. I mean, Paul Williams is definitely doing that. He'll definitely. We all know that. it. We all know this. Um, and, and I'm not sure what telly Japan Italy's on. I'm guessing, but you'll be able to get on a stream somewhere. Yeah, you know, this is yeah. the, this is the totally. modern world totally legal one on no doubt but it was quite nice i like there was a weird sort of bizarre community thing of just particularly being on social media on twitter when that was going on and particularly because it was an absolute disaster and everyone's half cut as well so they're all being nice yeah everyone you know everyone's had a couple of beers (coughs) most people are being funny everyone's being angry because (laughs) because the picture's going all all over the place Hugo Monnier and Shane Williams is the worst fucking pair of analysts I've ever seen in my life you know I like Hugo right he seems like a nice guy I like he's a lovely guy yeah but people keep raving about how he's this like seminal rugby broadcaster I don't and it's just like I don't you know what I understand why he's got a job I understand why he's going to keep getting jobs but I don't understand why people keep talking about him like he's fucking Edward R. Murrow for rugby yeah, or something. Yeah. Like he's the second coming of Jiffy. He's not. <laughs> yes. Like, say what you like about Jiffy, but like, he's not even that. And Shane, God bless him, he's an absolute legend and a god to me. But he is the most boring monotone voice in the history of monotone voices. And I'm just, he doesn't say anything interesting or insightful. He's not a good band, like analyst. Anyway. And it's 
Yeah. So yeah, but so yeah, you can watch twenty hours of rugby on Saturday anyway. Let's do that. Yeah, let's all do that. Let's all make all of us here. Let's all make a promise that we're going to get up at six o'clock on Saturday morning, and we'll still be there at four o'clock on Sunday. Um, I mean, you can make that promise. I'm I'm not going to do it. But one thing we are going to do for the Patreon thing at some point is, I think we're going to run a poll to get you to Mm. pick a game that we're going to watch in live. Yes, commentate. To, I wouldn't say commentate, com- really. Let's see how no. good a rugby broadcaster we are, shall we? After slagging off Hugo, <laughs> whoop, whoop, Harlequin. Um, yeah, so we'll do that yeah, at some point. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to pick a game and be snarky over the top of it. I fancy England versus Wales from the 2003 World Cup. And not just because of your heartbreak. I think it'll be good. Uh, anyway, we'll... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I suggest we pick a neutral game that doesn't have any... <laughs> no, that's, that no. completely defeat the object of the whole thing. <laughs> Anyway, right, um, so yeah. games. Japan are playing Italy. We're not going to yes. get into that. New Zealand are playing yes. France. Absolute prison shame. <laughs> Was it when... Speaking of New Zealand, have you watched that documentary? I've watched five episodes. I've watched it, one I... episode and I thought it was dreadful. It's terrible. <laughs> They've got all that access and all that money and all of that equipment and, all, and it's dog shit. And every single one of them... Well... If you were to watch that, every single one of them is teeth-scrapingly boring. Every single one of them. <clears throat> it's a problem with something that's been like... It's like they've never watched a fucking Lions DVD, to be honest. And Did I'm not watch- even saying that like the Lions DVDs are like nowadays are the pinnacle of fucking sports yeah. <coughs> documentary excellence. But they're very but watchable, yeah. And there's a bit of personality and there's a bit of like the... It the feels a little go- bit ramshackle still. And I, yeah. that's not a criticism. It still feels like you're just filming your mates. Yeah, and there's a, you know they 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 they're having a good time. Everyone's having a good time. Like there's a bit of the sort of off-field banter and stuff. And in that first all or nothing, the, most... the, um, the NFL one, the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> one. Mm. Who was the coach of the uh, Falcons? You'll know. Oh, it was the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. Sorry, Bruce Arians. Who you could yes. basically just listen talk for an hour, yeah. and it would be brilliant. Really? Really entertaining man. Incredibly entertaining character. So obviously, yeah. I can't believe they didn't actually get the deal zooming in and go, you know what, there's nothing here we can fucking work with. Because Steve Anson's yeah. a very in, in, impressive guy. Yeah. But you don't want to watch him for two and a half hours no. doing because stuff. Because he does this thing of talking out the side of his mouth. With no emotion whatsoever. With no emotion whatsoever. And like the only bits of that fucking whole thing that had any kind of emotional gravitas or insight were when they spoke to the respective wives of... I haven't got that far yet. Various. I watched the first episode but, I thought, I'm not watching anymore. This is much rubbish. No. There's a bit where they're chatting to Steve Hansen's wife and she's basically saying about how fucking shit it is that they can't leave their house <laughs> without being fucking accosted by the public and it's basically awful. And Kieran, Kieran Reed's wife basically says the same thing. And Ben Smith's wife is basically just like, why the fuck is he still playing this game when his brain appears to be falling, leaking <laughs> oh, out right, through okay. his fucking ears? Yeah. And, you know, those are like, like the best things about fucking Hard Knocks and the best things about those Lions DVDs are when there's actual fucking emotion involved. And I've watched five... It gets better after the Lions... I honestly feel like 
Hansen didn't allow them anywhere near them. That's the, probably the, the truth of it, isn't it? There's probably <clears> loads <throat> of good stuff that they just said, no, you're not showing that. During that, during that Lions tour, he didn't let them anywhere near it because after the Lions tour, when they're doing the rugby championship, all of a sudden they're in the team room. All oh, of a sudden right, I see. Right. All of a sudden they're talking tactics. All of a sudden there's that fucking unbelievable moment before the Argentina game where they're a week out from the game and they've had a week off. And Steve Hansen goes to the entire team, stand up if you've done any work on Argentina. And three people out of the All Black squad, which is um, Luke Romano, Kieran Reid, and somebody else who I can't even remember out of the entire squad have done any prep on Argentina before that game that mm. they nearly lost. Um, uh, all right, I'll watch that, some more of it now then. That, it's, it's that part, once the Lions tour finishes, it becomes much better, but it's oh, still right. just... It hasn't got any fucking emotion about it at all, and no, like you don't warm to any of them. Do you? I mean, I've only watched an episode, no. but I didn't warm to any of them at all. No, it's... there's no personality. Like, I like, no, you, like... Keira Reid looking even more like Tony Blair makes you warm even less to him. All in the eyes, um, and it's, um, yeah. So I've, worked, the... I've worked it out why it's because he smiles when he's talking, but there's a slight, eyes, of, yeah, it's like manic there's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's intensity in his eyes. It's like that bit where he's going, "No, Romain, Romain." In the third Lions test, and he's smiling, but his eyes are saying, "I will fucking destroy." I will drop bombs on your country. (laughs) Yeah, we'll literally beat you to death. And is that where the first one where Steve Hansen kind of goes, "You got to work out what you have to do with the players. Sometimes you have to put their arms around their shoulder, and ones you have to give a bit of a bollocking to." He's like, fuck me, can you imagine that coming to put his arm around his shoulder? He's like, oh shit, he's going to put his arm around his shoulder. (laughs) Are you okay? Are you doing okay? (laughs) Please, please go away. (laughs) I'll play better, I promise. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I mean, they are just, basically, it gives you exactly what they want you to have, which is this notion that the All Blacks are this kind of incredibly earnest, serious machine-like fucking winning... Don't, definitely don't shag people in toilets at airports. None, oh, of, none of that goes on. This is the thing. It's like they're obviously human beings. Yeah, exactly. And a little bit more... I'm not saying we need the fucking full Aaron Smith GoPro treatment, but, you know, <laughs> just a little bit like when they go to, like, the stuff that's outside of the camp is so obviously staged. Like, oh, we're going to go for a haircut together and talk about how much it means to be all blacks. It's like, fuck off. Just let me know what fucking TV programs he's watching. Yes. That'd be more interesting. What's fucking Kieran Reid's opinion on the final series of The Sopranos? That's that's interesting <laughs> to me. Did Kieran yeah. Reid really believe we were 45 minutes away from attack when he, signed the, <laughs> when he, when he gave the order? Anyway... What we were talking, New Zealand, France. Yeah, that's going to be. Speaking of killing entire countries, that's probably what New Zealand are going to do to France. Um, yeah, well, he's basically going to take out everything, all the frustration that he had at Roman Poit in that third Lions test is basically just going to be unleashed on the nation of France. Australia versus Ireland's on at eleven. So just when you got up and had your bacon sandwich <laughs> and got yourself settled in, that's a good. That'll be starting. I'll tell you what. It's, I'm interested by this tour. Me this too. Whole, actually. Like, it'll like tell us something about both teams, I think, Josh. Do you think, would you say that was a fair thing to say? I say that is a fair thing to say, but <laughs> it is hilarious. Rugby preview analysis is such bollocks. But <laughs> honestly, I'm genuinely intrigued to just how much, how desperate is Schmidt to actually win this? Because, like, he's picked his lions, 
But those lads, like Sexton, Murray and Furlong, have effectively been playing rugby non-stop for two years. Yeah, and Sexton is, is held together with Pritt stick now. Basically. Yeah, and good intentions. And, maybe <laughs> and, and experience. That's the only thing yeah, that keeps him going. Yeah. Like, I get, like, keeping momentum for the World Cup is important. But, like, though, if any of that, like, for all of Ireland's incredible strength in depth, if Sexton, Murray or Furlong go down, that's going to be hugely, hugely significant to their chances of winning the World Cup next year. And, like, you've got to think that if they win that first test with Murray and Sexton presumably starting, he's going to go, yeah, right, boys. The the dirt trackers can have the other two tests and we'll <laughs> see how that fucking goes. I don't even care. Because, like, yeah, like, who? why would you? It's only a test series in Australia. You don't get any fucking... You don't win a World Cup for winning a test series in Australia, as England are currently demonstrating. I think he wants to keep the group together, though, doesn't he? And He does. And, and you know, and, and prove... I think there's something psychologically about going away and winning in a Southern Hemisphere. Mm. Even though Australia are having a difficult enough, a difficult time the past 12 months, there's something about taking that group of players... Because it's all very easy to go, well, you know, they're no good because... Or they're not as good as they think they are because it was Europe and England weren't doing very well and all that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, it's easy. I don't believe that, but that's what people will say. It's easy to just dismiss that. And even if you go, if you go to Australia and win, you remember when, when England went to Australia and win? Everyone said it was an incredible win. Even though in hindsight you can I go, well, that Australian well, team didn't look great, really, but even so, yeah. it was still an incredible win. So there's I something about kind of what you need to be as good it? as those fuckers yeah. were yeah. He's in 2016. Yeah, he's proving a point and going, yeah, well, we're going to go and win three fucking nil as well, and then we're going to come back and beat the All Blacks in the autumn. Or whatever, you know. And yeah, but it's it's very interesting from a like we're gonna finally see maybe the Ryan and Byrne lock partnership of pornographic dreams. <laughs> um maybe you probably won't pick them together now just to piss everybody off. But uh, and is it and Carberry, you know, off to Munster as he is as that was announced this week or yeah, he is strongly off, yeah. rumored this week. Um Stake his claim as a proper ten. Stop playing fullback. It's uh, yeah. It, there's there's lots of interesting uh, storylines on that tour. Not least, can Australia be less hat stand than they were last year? <laughs> is David Pocock going to be able to look Israel Folau in the eye? Is Israel Folau going to be able to look David Pocock in the eye, or anybody wearing a rainbow flag in the car in the crowd? Um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a whole thing, and I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that those tests probably as much if not more than I am the Wales ones for obvious reasons so Africa play England then at five past four <clears throat> yes so you can have a little um, bit of an, you can have a bit of lunch maybe have a bit of 40 winks and then get yourself yeah. do a bit you maybe quick but mow a, mow a small lawn if you have a small lawn yeah. not a big yeah, lawn you know, small lawn no no and get back in for Africa versus England <clears throat> yeah I, I just is... don't know how this is going to go I, I mean well, the barbarians can tell you anything no, it's intriguing because England are the only team that seem to be in the midst of a proper crisis. Proper malaise. It's like, malaise yeah, forever. Everybody, everybody else is kind of like... With Wales, the malaise has been there for so long that nobody's really notices anymore. Scotland, kind of, they're still high on their own supply from beating England. <laughs> and remain an, and, an enigma. And remain a total enigma. Ireland are obviously brilliant. Uh, France are a free-flowing shambles. And... Yeah, and who cares about Italy? Um, and then you've got, yeah, you've got England, where it's like Eddie promises tries 
Are we going to get tries? To be honest, coach is back, isn't he? What's his name? I can't remember his bloody name. But past form indicates that summer tours are like the only time that England actually managed to score tries and look like a rugby team in 2018. So, yeah, I mean, they desperately need to catch up with the rest of the big guns in world rugby in terms of their attacking game. Mm -hmm. The problem is, I reckon England can win this 3-0 without really changing much of what they did in the Six Nations. I think it's just hard to tell South Africa that the, 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 the well, Super Rugby teams have gone a bit better. That team last week, you can't draw anything from that. But I, there is something. So I just don't know. I think. No, I honestly think Erasmus hasn't had enough time to write the shift from the absolutely desperate state they were in. Yeah, he's probably um, got. He's probably a year out from making. He, yeah. But this time next year, he'll want him when he's because he's rewritten the rules about who he can select and all that, and he's got yeah. a decent squad back together. Then that's yeah, how it's you, probably going to work. Yeah, but and England are just going to have a really good forward pack as per Farrell will be running the show as per, and South Africa have demonstrated repeatedly that their halfbacks struggle to control the game at test level, so the new they, they won't need to score. Scott Wise Mantle, <laughs> who sounds like a who's down the clubhouse character. I was going to say, are you sure you didn't make him up? <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he worked with him in Australia and with Japan. Yeah. Okay. Well, is he here for good, though, or is he just no, here for the summer? just for the three-test African tour. But he said that Jeez. if I disagree with Eddie, then I'll tell him. And if he disagrees with me, he'll tell me. Uh, but Eddie Inside. will get his way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not so easy I'm standing up to Jones, he says, but that's a real relationship, isn't it? Yes, it is, Scott. That's very... I can see why you're called Wise Mantle. Yes. that's a very wise thing to say. a very wise mantle thing to say, yeah. He's that's a real relationship. Mental. Not easy standing up to each other, but sometimes you have to. Fucking no, I'm not putting the toilet seat down. <coughs> yes, you are. <laughs> okay. Okay, then. Sorry, Eddie. It's great, that, it's great that we've had this disagreement. Put the fucking toilet seat down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I told you 25 fucking times, mate. 25 fucking... T- 25 trips to the toilet, mate. My brain puts the fucking toilet seat down. <laughs> I bet he doesn't. Uh, I bet I he bet pisses he all over the top of the background. Absolutely makes an absolute state in there. You know and then, and then he like, doesn't clean up. Then, doesn't dub, clean then up flicks a double V's at you if you say, fucking hell, Mike. <laughs> what he does is he, and then when you ask him to clean it up, what he does is he gets paper towels from the to- towel dispenser <laughs> and puts them down the toilet, which you're not supposed to do, Mike. It clogs it up. I had to rod my drains this weekend. It was beautiful. <laughs> I thought, I'll lift this manhole cover up. This doesn't look yeah. right. I lifted it up and the entire manhole was full of stuff it shouldn't have been full of. Oh, Let's just leave it, it like that, shall we? That's the glamorous life yeah. of a not very successful rugby podcaster, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Rodding my own drains is something that people tell me <laughs> to do on Twitter quite a lot as well, but with more <laughs> colourful language. <laughs> right, so yeah. then, then we'll be finally finishing with Argentina versus Wales, won't we? So. Yeah, I mean, with all these injuries and absentees, like to be honest, <laughs> there's only really two things Wales I care about on this Wales tour. Like Hadley Park's remaining depth. intact. Hadley Park's <laughs> remaining intact, and like just making the squad depth a little bit more solid and giving some young lads experience. Oh, and actually, thinking about it, can we pick a ten, please, and stick with him and get locked into this? Because I mean, <laughs> fucking World Cup next year, guys, might want to know who our ten is. You've got to make it. Um, Make well, it look, to be fair, 
2011, Wales's best World Cup in my lifetime. Yeah, that's from, true. Actually, uh, yes. Yeah, no, we, we, settled, settled, yeah. we settled on that 10, roughly five minutes before we got on through the Through no other so, choice, uh, basically. <clears throat> through, yeah, so, I mean, maybe that's the way to go with it. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really... I don't think Gatlin would really particularly care because Argentina are going to be fucking hard to beat. I'm interested to see how well they go, actually, because, obviously, yeah. Jaguares are a revelation to us all this year. <clears throat> yeah, Aguardo I mean, settled it... down. There's a, there's a more solid feeling about the whole thing. <clears throat> yeah, he's got you know he's 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 a family man now, and and, and I think that kind God. of settled emotion is it emanating across the squad. Yeah, it massively is, and and I think if Wales lose both tests, it's kind of the opposite to what's going to be like with the Scotland tour actually, because obviously they're playing Argentina as well, and like but they've got USA and Canada as well, and they've taken quite a lot of as much as their squad as they can basically take aside from a few players that they've rested and like with Scotland it's basically 3-0 or it's going to be a bit of a disaster whereas with Wales I think they've rested so many players it doesn't really matter if they win or lose it's just if thing progress is made in some way then that's the most important thing but it might not be very hard to might not be very easy rather to see that actual stuff happening mm. in real time it's the sort of thing that we might look back on in a year and go ah see that that argentina tour where they got dicked by the pumas twice but you know we blooded a lot of youngsters and now look at ryan elias starting for wales in a world cup final or something i don't know like tour of, it's like the tour from hell for england isn't it? <laughs> it well exactly yeah but with much lower quality opposition <laughs> unless unless hopefully get any better yeah <laughs> Uh, so there you uh, go. That's our tell you what, the, the kind of in-depth punditry we went into there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's a good job as other podcasts for people to listen to, isn't it? Who actually no, want a proper I analysis? I think we need to, to set ourselves uh, apart from the others by giving you really surface, yeah, bollocks analysis. Yeah. Let's just come off the top of our. Heads. I didn't leave work till seven o'clock. Give me a break. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so what should we do shit good to finish? Yes. Because despite yeah, only being really the... one week one game this weekend, we still managed to go on for over an hour. So Yeah, well done to us. Um shit. Go. Aaron Wainwright's luck. Right? Dragons yeah. number eight. Called up the touring party at the last minute. It's you know, out of nowhere. Nobody saw it coming. On the bench for Wales today. Seventy nine minutes on the clock. He's like, Am I gonna get my first cap? Am I gonna get my first cap? <laughs> He gets the nod to go on on 79 minutes and 30 seconds. He strips off. He goes to the touchline. And there's no break in play and the game ends. <laughs> oh, that is it wasn't, heartbreaking. He was literally stood on the touchline waiting to fulfill <laughs> what is a lifelong dream. And the next whistle is the full-time whistle. He never made it on. And if he doesn't get a chance in those next two games, given how... Like, Far much, down I know the pecking order. I know, he's only, I know he's only 20 and he's a talented lad, but... Given how much strength and depth Wales have got in their back row, can you fucking imagine if he never gets a cap now? Having literally been stood on the touchline waiting to come on and be an international player, if only for 30 seconds. Imagine how many internet lists and pub quizzes he'll be in yeah. in the future if that happens. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, bless him. That's a bit of shit. What have we got? That shit. Colin McBride got in touch on Twitter. He said, shit is Montpellier's halfbacks. Pienaar's years yeah. of training with Paul Marshall shining through in a panicky shit physical performance, while Aaron Cruden did a disappearing act David Copperfield would have been proud of. <laughs> They're just not yeah. happy, are they? No, I've never seen a team look less happy than Montpellier. Well, there is something of the Verne's 
Psycho Training <laughs> Academy about them. They just they don't look into Scotland it, do they? And they for him though, didn't they? But there's something about yeah. this lot that. This lot, they're, well, they're all basically fucking mercenaries, yeah, let's be honest. Well, they would all rather be at home. And, you know, fucking hell, Ruin Pinos moved his family back to Belfast because they hate Montpellier so much. <laughs> and he's just going to go back at weekends, which is definitely going to make like him Belfast, much happier. I like Belfast, right? I think Belfast is a nice place. I've got, I've got family there. But how bad must Montpellier be? I mean, it's warm, at least. <laughs> Come on. Maybe it's the like, language thing. There is that, though, isn't there? It is difficult to go and move somewhere. Yeah, language Montpellier looks fucking lovely. I've just Googled <laughs> some photos of it. It's, like, stunning. It's all, you know, piazzas and gorgeous, like, 17th century architecture. What's wrong with a nice sea? It's full of French. Oh. I mean, it is full of French. It's on the fucking med, for God's sake. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I'd move to Montpellier tomorrow. Fuck it. If they're listening, they need a halfback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Play through and beat her. They just need somebody to stand there and be fucking sarcastic while <laughs> chomping down baguettes. Now, you see... Fucking give me a Never call. mind that international rugby power max try thing that people have been trying. Yeah. That's what we want. People standing <laughs> yeah. there being sarcastic on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're leaders in the field there, to be honest. So we'll do anything. Yeah. What else have we got? The uh, shit. Uh, Elton Yantes' lid... <laughs> Jesus, even by his standards, the fucking multifaceted shambles he sported in Washington on Saturday was just, I mean, it was abysmal, but it was a fair reflection of the muddled multifaceted shambles that goes on in his brain whenever he Perfectly gets the ball. Perfectly framing that entire performance. Yeah. With his barnet. Toby Baker got in touch and said, shit. Now, you said this is shit, Toby, but I think this is good. He said that mm. shit was the forward pass that Samoa did in the sevens. Oh, my seen? God, that was incredible. I loved it. So they went, if you haven't seen it, they go over the line and the, he wants to give it to a teammate to score, but Anna kind of forgets he's still got to pass backwards over the line and just throws mm-hmm. it to him. So just basically hands it to hands him. Hands it to him. And then the ref, the ref like, blows his whistle, uh, forward pass. Yeah. <laughs> and then Spain, off the ensuing scrum on their own five-metre line, Spain went 80 metres and scored. Amazing. Which is just glorious. Um, also shit for me, Owen Watkin. In two minutes, he not only butchered a seven on three, oh, which yeah, I don't was think I've bad, wasn't before, it? Yeah. Really bad. And then got binned for one of the dumbest bits of intentional foul play inside his own in goal that you'll ever see. Uh, massive talent, obviously, but he well and truly shat the bed. Showed his age and his experience there, I think. He did. Lack yes. of both. Um, the Pen got in touch. Hello, not heard of you for a while. He said, shit, is Glasgow attempting to do a World Cup eleven for the football? Based on their players... And it dying on its arse because of many unhappy fans on social media. It was cringeworthy. Trying as channel. It must be. Through. You know what? It must be so hard to be with these social media guys now Absolutely. because everything's been done, hasn't it? And you've got to yeah. like get a response, and you've got to do all kinds. Of, you've got to like sacrifice your like human standards to just to get people to respond yeah. to what you're doing. Well, look at the Channel 4 guy on Saturday. I think it was a guy. could have been a girl, whatever. But whoever was in charge of Channel 4's Twitter page on Saturday night, yeah. I thought was quite funny and was trying his best to be quite funny and kind of... I got the feeling got, he wasn't really got, a rugby fan. He was no, more about being not. funny than under... This is the mistake so. they make. You and need somebody who's in the that, culture of the game trying to be exactly. funny. And that really, I mean, that rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way when he was cut. Like, I found it quite funny. And I thought some of his observations were genuinely very good. However, he made like, too like many say, jokes like he'd never seen the stuff before. Like the yeah, joke about the guy's this? kicking warm up. 
He's like, yeah. if you t- we don't make jokes about that stuff, really. It's hard to explain because yeah. it's not like we've never seen it before. Yeah. People have it's ridiculous like, kick it's things. Like the, it's like the big arena thing at the World Cup. It was just evidence that all of a sudden loads of people were watching rugby that never fucking <laughs> yeah, watch it usually. True. Yes. That's it's really like, true, yeah. Yeah, and, and so I get why people got knocked at it because he was very obviously coming at it from an outsider's perspective. But I think he was trying his best to be game about it. And to be funny and to kind of just be like, oh, I'm not used to actually people tweeting me at this time of night. It's quite nice. I'm normally tweeting about dispatches. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So a bit of levity and a bit of sport. But like, yeah, it's a very fine line you can go. Speaking of fine lines, actually, another shit. The ref in the Wales versus New Zealand under 20s game yesterday slash Sunday. Not fine lines. Not a fine line. You know, given that how much, like, the biggest fucking talking point about this under-20s, right, what has it been? The fact you've got the nipple line thing and nobody yeah. goes over the head. Tack- Anything above that, you're in trouble. Yeah. You tackle laws to, designed to protect hedge injuries. So how the fuck you see a Kiwi player run full pelt, shoulder first, into the directly into the head of a Wales player off the ball, and then the TMO looks at it and goes, yes. Nah, it's yellow. Don't worry about it. That was like way worse than Sonny yeah, Bill's red full, against the Lions. It was, yeah, because at least with Sonny Bill, it was in the middle of a tackle, so you could actually make yeah. the argument that it was absolute thuggery. And like that was like one of three or four incidences in that game. Because before where... that happened, and he's going to play a push the Welsh lad off the ball as well, just like pushed yeah. him over. Yeah, and there was one where like the, the chasing like the high ball like chaser just basically ran full pelt through the legs of the guy who was jumping in the air to try and catch the ball and basically bicycle wheeled the fucker. And he, and <clears throat> that wasn't even a penalty. What like, I don't like about like it that is, would have been red cards five years they ago. They should have all been red cards. Yeah. And it was a ridiculous performance. What I don't like is the entire narrative then that built up on social media that it's, it's because they're New Zealand they don't get penalised. I've got no time for that bullshit, to be honest. That was just no. the ref making a shitload of I mean, shit decisions in one yeah, game. Was it. I, you There's know, no conspiracy 20... about the black jersey or anything. No, it was under twenties. You know, under twenties games have more inexperienced refs, and he had an He fucking and his entire team and his TMO had one big time. But it's just so frustrating because it's like if you make the big deal about it protecting players before the tournament's even started, maybe fucking protect the players. Have you got any more shit? Because I'm done. Uh, I think I'm done with shit. Right, let's talk about good. The Twitter legend that is Dai Lama, the Welsh mm. Dalai Lama tweeted us this week. Yes. Ooh. He said good, after what we've just been saying. Good is yeah. Channel 4's rugby coverage. He said, and shit mm-hmm. is my opinions. <laughs> his own Fair opinion, play. not my opinion, not Lee's yeah, opinion, yeah. his opinion. Yeah, so thank you, Dai. Jamie O'Connell got in touch and said, good was Ireland getting to the semi-finals of the London Sevens and not being yes. nilled by Fiji. Yeah, I mean, it was a genuinely, like, remarkable thing, that, to be honest. Gareth like, Babe was in charge of Fiji. Have you seen the rugby they're playing? It's unbelievable. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't remember him playing like that when they were at Cardiff, to be honest. But Ireland, you know, were an invitational team. Yeah, exactly. And, Just come on, lads, turn up. And they they, they did turn up, and they, <laughs> they came third. And they beat England and, and the USA on the way. And, yeah, absolutely... Fantastic, you know they they stunned everybody, and I mean that London event is always a bit mad because it's like end of the season. They stopped some drinking for like five hours and <clears> last year, didn't they? Yeah, it was a couple it's... of years ago. It was so bad that they basically closed the bar for periods of the day the year after because people yeah. were so pissed. 
the year before. Yeah, and and the, and a lot of the teams kind of treat it as a bit of a kind of end of season wind down as well, which is why you get sort of like Scotland won it last year and haven't come close to winning anything yet, and USA have won it in the past when they were quite a, sort of on the fringe. Get of ready it. for the absolute pylon of Scottish Twitter you're going to get after saying that. By the way. oh, I'm 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 well aware, but you know Scotland won it last year. They weren't you know a, a expected to get anywhere near it and they won it and it was a great achievement equally Ireland winning it is an even bigger achievement hmm. but it's yeah oh, something about that London Sevens it always seems to throw up a slightly unexpected result which is a good thing and let's course, face it cause... Fiji keep playing with Erin uh, <clears throat> according to their own Twitter feed scintillating foam <laughs> which is one of my favourite typos ever that went out on a yes. Twitter official account <laughs> Gareth Baker's I mean... team <laughs> displaying <clears throat> scintillating foam that was later on. <laughs> yes, indeed. Have you got any good? Uh, I have some good. Um, uh, Andre Isterhusen, uh, uh Springbok 12. To be honest, the only Springbok back who actually looked like he was bothered to try and actually get in that England t- series team. Um, yeah, he was very good. He caused Wales loads of problems in the second half. And uh, yeah, I was quite glad when... He didn't do even more damage, to be honest. Dave Garrett got in touch on Twitter, at Blood <clears> and Mud, and he said, "Good speaking of crest, is Pontypool's new crest for the 150th year." Another rebrand. Yeah. Anyway, it's quite good that one actually. Some of them yeah. are terrible. That's that's good. The Edinburgh one's good as well. Yeah. Well, Ian <clears throat> said on Twitter, he said, "Good is Edinburgh's new colour scheme, and shit is the reaction of Scottish rugby fans to the new logo when Glasgow have got away well, with having a shit one for years." Well, yeah. And Listen, also, don't like, be bringing your intercity rivalries onto our yeah, onto our shit yeah, good ratings. Yeah. You save that for your own podcast. <laughs> um, uh, how is this going to affect regular contributor of the black and red, though? Well, is he has he actually come a, on and said he's, he's having black, to, white, and orange. He's actually changed his um his his avatar to orange is the new black logo because <laughs> obviously Very he's good. have to he can't yeah. call himself the black and red anymore. Can he? No, so. indeed. Uh, to be honest, with you, good in general rebrands like. Canada, Bristol, Gloucester, Stade Francais, Oyana, and now Edinburgh have all undertaken various degrees of rebrand this off-season. And the response in almost every case has been people getting annoyed or deriding it. But, like, honestly, I don't I don't really like them all. I think the Stad one looks shit. The Gloucester one's appalling. The Gloucester yeah. one is, like, like, has been, like, taken off a fucking, like, stock what image. What referred it as? Looks like Lion O made out of jizz or something. Yes, that was <laughs> amazing. But like, what's the harm? What's the harm in trying to mix things up? Like the hardcore fans that are complaining already fucking go and yes, already give true. their money to the club. What's the point in? It's like, that point we made before, isn't it? That rugby yeah. isn't just for men in between the age of thirty-five and fifty. <laughs> no, rugby and rugby is living in the fucking red, particularly at club level. Or in the orange, like, if you're in Edinburgh. In eh? Well, eh? Yeah. Hey, hey. A pachumpa. Uh, yeah, come on. But yeah, like finances don't look rosy for anybody, really. So why not try something to like tweak the branding and maybe pull some more fans in and bring a few more quid in? Like, what's what's the fucking harm? And change it back in a couple of years if that if it doesn't work. We've gone on far too long. Have you got another good before we finish? Uh, only Thomas Williams was excellent on debut. Ellis Jenkins was world class uh, and. Thank you and good night. Yeah. Last one, Tom Dare going to touch and said, good is Hadley Centre Parks. I like that. 
Nice, good. Oh, yeah. He says he must be immediately cloned so he can play in Wales' midfield until the end of time. And possibly yes, beyond it, preferably. Possibly beyond it. I mean, uh, the cockroaches in Hadley Parks, so that's the only thing I want to survive. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, it's everybody. Has uh, ever been a pleasure. We'll see you. You patrons will speak to you later in the week from some yeah. history knowledge teaching. Oh, yes. Everybody Drop else will speak to you next you. week. Take care. Goodbye. Take care, everybody. The world of work has changed dramatically and organisations are evolving. A full or part-time MBA from UCD Smurfett School equips managers to react at pace and deliver change. Now is the time to transform your career and gain a new business network. Join our virtual MBA Experience Day on Saturday, November 20th. Register at smurfettschoolie forward slash events. UCD Michael Smurfett Graduate Business School. Developing impactful business leaders. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.